and welcome to the First Generation Professionals Podcast, the show where we celebrate the journeys, successes, and stories of individuals who have paved the way in the professional world, breaking barriers and shattering stereotypes along the way. My name is Sarah Cortez. I'm your host for this episode. And today, we have a fantastic guest joining us, Tiffany Martinez. She's not just a groundbreaker, but a shining example of what it means to be a first-generation professional. She has defied the odds, overcome obstacles, and created her own unique path to success in the communication field. We'll dive deep into her journey, thoughts, and advice throughout this episode, and we're confident that her journey will inspire you as much as it has inspired us. So, take a seat, relax, enjoy a snack, and prepare to be thrilled as we embark on a journey of resilience, determination, and triumph with our amazing guest, Tiffany Martinez. And Tiffany, I would like to thank you for coming. Your knowledge is very much appreciated for this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Let's get things started. Uh, Tiffany, could you please provide a brief overview of your educational background and professional experience, such as where do you work, how do you get into your specific field, and what made you pick your major? Yeah, of course. So um, I guess I'll start in a linear order of why I chose to pick my major, communication studies. It was actually by chance. <laughs> I didn't actually have a plan or anything when I was applying to universities, you know, how you're required to either pick a major or decide, like just enroll as an undecided student. I wanted to pick something and I had my eyes set at CSU Channel Islands and applying to that university. Um, but I really didn't have a major in mind. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I, um, you know, got older. So I ended up seeing communication on there and I was like, that sounds interesting. I love to talk. So communication sounded like a great, um, sounded like a great major to be in. So I just, by chance, just chose communication and um, I enrolled in CSU Channel Islands. I started taking communication courses and at the start, I don't think I I truly uh, understood what it was about. And I switched to several majors during my time at CSU Channel Islands, the first being physics and then business before switching back to communication studies. Um, I graduated in 2017 with my bachelor's degree in communication studies with an emphasis in business and nonprofit. And I also did minor in business management um, before um, taking a year off and working in, you know, just professionally and then enrolling at San Jose State University to complete their master's in communication studies program. Um, and I graduated in 2020, so it was right before, uh, or right as the pandemic started, I graduated and I originally wanted to work as a professor. I had an opportunity to be a graduate teaching associate during grad school, and I just absolutely fell in love with teaching. And when I started grad school, that was my goal is I wanted to be a professor and I wanted to teach at you know the university level or community college, whatever I could get employment in. But because of the pandemic and um, how it affected you know academia and just everything, uh, nobody was hiring professors. So that one goal that I had, um, you know, it kind of shifted, and I 
had to find, uh, you know, what am I going to do from here? Uh, what are different career opportunities? So I started looking in different areas and I came across, um, you know, a, I was working at the YWCA of Monterey County. And originally I was supposed to be an executive assistant, but um, when they found out that I had a background and a master's degree in communication studies, they offered to split my position between communication or I'm sorry, to split my position between executive assistant to communications and branding associate. And so that's how I got started in the field. And then after working there, I really wanted to work full time in public relations and I started applying and honestly, it was not an easy road. It was not an easy industry to break into. I was rejected several times and, you know, it was really tough. I think I felt like I was on the verge of giving up before I was hired at my current position, Miller Maxfield, and I work as a community engagement manager here. And I've been here a little bit over two years, Um, but that journey was definitely not an easy one. And I'm incredibly grateful that I had the opportunity to work at um, an agency focused on public relations, communications, advertising. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, On to our next question. Did your background as a first-generation student influence any of these choices? And did any specific factors play a role? I think my background as a first-generation um, college student influenced my career path and my education um, just based on the fact that my parents, um, you know, they they came to the United States, they, they immigrated to the United States, and they've always um, stressed the importance of going to school and building a career. And I felt that I, I took those principles and values with me as I entered undergrad as I entered graduate school. And then after that, when I was looking for a position um, outside in the professional world, I just took their, just their values with me the entire way. And I've always felt a strong need to constantly grow um, both, you know, just personally and professionally and um, just fulfilling what, you know, we also call the American dream, quote unquote. And Um, what is that? What does that look like? And I think for everybody is different, but for me, it's just growth and opportunity and being able to build myself professionally and personally. Thank you so much. I really appreciate just hearing how like your parents really influenced like these values onto you. And that's how it kind of almost like positively influenced you as like a first generation uh, professional because you're now just instilled with these values that maybe a couple people, a lot of people who aren't first-generation students, especially um, students who have immigrant parents, they might not instill that automatically in them versus like immigrant parents. They definitely kind of like hammer down like this idea of, okay, you need to get an education because we moved here. That way our children can get better opportunities here. Absolutely. There's definitely uh, no slacking off in school. <laughs> they they held, they were very um, strict about school and they were also supportive in a way that, you know, they, I always felt that they cared, you know, they cared about what I was doing in school. They never missed a parents conference. And even as I got older, they were always very supportive of my decision to, you know, go into the field of communications. And they're very supportive about 
my career um, path now. And even though my career ended up taking a, a turn um, from what I originally thought I was going to be, you know, working in as a professor, my parents have always been supported, supportive along the way. Thank you so much. Yeah, Regar- <laughs> Regarding joining the workforce, how was your experience understanding organizational culture and immersing yourself in this new journey? Oh, that's interesting. I think it's just so it's different everywhere. And I think having a background in communication, you can really adjust your communication styles and working with different groups of people, um, working on different goals. I think my background in communications really helped me adjust to different organizational styles. I've been, you know, in nonprofit sector. I've also worked at a university I've worked, um, you know, as in an agency and, you know, I feel that my background in communication really helped adapt to the different organizational styles and even um, just communicating with colleagues about different things and all addressing um, sort of, you know, maybe the same goals that we all have and the achievements that we're hoping to um, achieve. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, because so you said that your communication major like really helped you kind of understanding like the shift in like organizational culture from workplace to workplace. Uh, do you feel that you were equipped with appropriate resources to succeed in life in and after university? Oh, absolutely. I think that the learning process doesn't ever end. Like you're always learning something new. You're always learning how to communicate better. You're always learning different things along the way. But I feel that after attending CSU China Islands and then thereafter attending San Jose State University that I was equipped with the foundational knowledge that helped me become a more successful person out in, you know, just personally and professionally. And just looking back at some of the communication theories that still stick with me and, you know, seeing them play out in the real world or using them as tools to collaborate with people or communicate with people and uh, problem solve. I think I felt very well equipped out in the professional world. Thank you so much. Uh, awesome. Speaking of your time in university, were there any professors or mentors during your time in university, whether you were in undergrad or in grad school, who significantly impacted your intellectual development? Oh, absolutely. Um, at CC Channel Islands, I had an amazing mentor, Dr. Smith. Um, she opened the doors for me to conduct research. And one of our research was based on the Katy Perry and Sesame controversy. I believe the year was 2010 and how Katy Perry was sexualized on Sesame Street and just observing that and how um, that played out, um, you know, just in the public eye and just analyzing that and doing research and then uh, paving the way to present at the I believe it was the 2017 SAGE Student Research Conference in undergrad. And, you know, working with Dr. Smith, that was the first opportunity that I had that opened the door to research, that opened the door to presenting at conferences that later helped influence um, the kind of research I did in graduate school. Um, another professor that really had a great impact in graduate school was Dr. Spangler. He also, um, gave me so many opportunities and taught me so much. And I took several of his courses in immigration studies, actually, and um, also 
delve into the world of theater and how immigration is talked about in the media, in theater, and how, you know, dehumanization of um, undocumented people really affects how people feel about immigration and just opening my eyes to a different world that I haven't even seen being a daughter of two immigrant parents. And um, under Dr. Spangler's mentorship, I presented at several conferences related to immigration, um, related to the topic of immigration. And I also um, had the opportunity to network with different people. And he just opened up a world as well for me to really um, grow um, in my education and just, um, you know, present at conferences and have those opportunities that I otherwise wouldn't have without these two mentors. Thank you so much. I love hearing about impacts that professors have just because I feel like I'm still, even though I'm still like here, I can still feel like impact from professors that I've had already. And they've just like given me like so much to think about just in general, not just about like career wise, but just about the world. So when you were in university, did you participate in any extracurricular activities or organizations such as internships, part-time jobs that helped shape your career path related to uh, your communication degree? Yes, I did. Um, one thing I, I did was participate in an internship in my undergrad. But one thing that I think I did incorrectly was that I waited until the last semester uh, to do that. <laughs> so, I mean... I guess I more I wish I participated more. Um, apart from presenting at a conference in undergrad, I didn't really do much outside. I didn't really do that many extracurricular activities outside of um, you know just my undergrad classes and maybe participating in several events. But I think not starting earlier on an internship really impacted me professionally. After I graduated, I found myself in a situation that I had no. Uh, background in communication that would help me get a job in communication outside. Even an entry-level position was very difficult for me to um, apply for because they typically require at least a year of experience, which at that point, I only had about six months just on my internship alone. And um, I had the opportunity to work as, um, I believe my official title was the communication ambassador for the CI Food Pantry. And I was out there marketing the food pantry and reaching out to different audiences, students, teachers, and people who could really utilize the the CUI food pantry. Um, And there was messaging surrounding, you know, uh, donations. And that was the only real experience I had prior to graduating. And I think it really did have a negative impact. Um, And so I learned from that when I uh, started graduate school, I... Uh, did a little bit more research and I was more involved. I I applied for the graduate teaching associate position at um, San Jose State University. So I worked as a professor essentially of public speaking for two semesters. And that really helped me, um, you know, propel my career so that after I graduated, like I would get a job as a professor or I, I would have that experience that I needed to become a professor. Um, and I was also the head editor for auxiliary materials that we uh, me and a team of, I believe, six people drafted for the Empowering Public Speaking textbook written by Dina Fassett and Keith Nainby. Um, so I, I did a little bit more in graduate school to help me professionally um, after graduate school. 
Thank you so much. Honestly, this does give me a little bit more hope that in graduate school, because I haven't done any like internships yet. And I do just have like a year left in undergrad. So I'm thinking I'm like, okay, I definitely do need to go to graduate school. (laughs) Absolutely. I would definitely recommend graduate school. I mean, I felt like more doors were open after graduate school and I had different opportunities. And I think a part of it is I was able to take advantage of more opportunities that I didn't do in undergrad. And, you know, nobody tells you to do, to take an internship or to start an internship when you're a freshman or sophomore, you really start to come to realize that as you get to know people in your field and you realize they've been doing internships since they started. So it's something you learn, I think, as a first-generation student from other people that, hey, I probably should be considering an internship. And so for me, I took the knowledge that I learned and I applied it to my graduate school program. And I ensured that I was applying to these internship positions and I'm doing a little bit more to build myself professionally. On to our next question. What does being a first-generation professional mean to you? Hmm. I think being a first-generation professional, first-generation professional means achieving that professional goal and taking whatever you learned in either high school, undergrad, or graduate school and applying that um, you know, to whatever career path you choose, whether that's working as a photographer or working at an agency um, for public relations or whatever you choose to do, whatever that goal is, um, that to me is what a first-generation professional means. But apart from that is also acknowledging that as a first-generation professional, you go through things that maybe other people who have family that, you know, went through this process, they went to, you know, undergrad or graduate school where they had that guidance, we didn't have that. So there's a different perspective. And I think a different kind of appreciation for all the hard work you put in to meet your goals and, you know, be in the field of your choosing. And um, I think there's just so much more um, of a different perspective that you have as a first generation student and along with being a first generation professional that I think others may not um, even understand uh, just the process of, you know, starting off in undergrad and maybe feeling alone in this whole process, like no one's there to support you. So, you know, just being independent and resourceful and building your way through undergrad and grad school and then into the professional world, I feel like just it offers a different perspective it offers it's actually quite humbling as well to go through all of that and realize like I made it I did it I'm uh, I'm working in the field that I I love and I choose and you know just offering that perspective and keeping that perspective as you move forward through life and then yeah thank you so much that was very insightful I just you're just very well spoken. I just want to like give you that compliment just like right now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm thinking at the same time and I feel like I, I keep getting stuck, but uh, I appreciate the compliment very much. <laughs> okay, on to our next question. How has your education influenced your worldview, critical thinking skills, and personal growth? Oh, I think my education has had such a big impact. A lot of my education, especially in grad school, is focused on the theme of social justice. And, you know, even taking just the immigration class with Dr. Spangler, it opened up my eyes to 
a perspective and a worldview that I had not previously had. And I think that is one of the main takeaways from, you know, having an education um, from undergrad and grad school is just you're offered such a different perspective and you can look at the world through a critical lens and through many different lenses, actually. Um, But an example would be when I took the immigration course with Dr. Spangler, just understanding how much rhetoric on the news about, you know, the use of words like illegal alien or just even saying illegal, how that really shapes a community's perspective on um, immigration and how that can influence, you know, what we see later on down the line in movies or in books that we read or even opinions that people have. And I think being able to see the world from a different lens offered by different professors and different classes that you take have really shaped a lot of my worldview. And I think it shaped it in a positive way. And I feel like I can now apply that. And the theme of social justice is always in the back of my head whenever I'm in the workplace, you know, or out grocery shopping. If you see, you know, some sort of injustice playing out or you if you're even a victim of um, some sort of injustice that you would be able to stand up for yourself and recognize that that is happening. And I feel that um, there's so much more than just, you know, social justice that I learned. But for me, that has been a pretty significant impact of um, going to school and grad school, undergrad is just realizing um, so many things in the world that I wouldn't have noticed before. Going off of that, how did your experience as a first-generation student, specifically with your communication major, shape your understanding of your own identity and cultural heritage? Oh, wow. Uh, a lot, actually. It has, my gosh, I'm at a loss for words. I, <laughs> it has really shaped my understanding of my own identity, just learning about the, the intersectionality of who I am as a person. I'm a first-generation female Um, college student or college graduate. And it really helped me understand who I am as a person um, in a more complex way than if I didn't go to graduate school or undergrad. I felt like in high school, I didn't really think about how my identity um, can affect anything, or I wasn't even aware of my own identity other than being a female Latina, you know, student at the time. And now I realize that uh, my place in the world is so much more than that. Um, you know, I'm first gen. I, um, you know, I'm Latina. I am a professional. Like I, I hold a master's degree. Like there's just so much um, to really consider and to really think about that I would have never in a million years have ever thought about, I think, if I didn't go to school and you know, if I wasn't even in the field of communication, I don't think I would have recognized all those things. If I had chose a different major, I don't know if I would have ever come across the, um, you know, communication theories and the lessons that have taught me a lot about myself as a person. Uh, were there any specific moments or experiences where you felt the impact of being a first-generation student? Oh, yes. Along the way, um, I felt that every single journey after high school to me was just a new stepping stone and a a journey that I, I wasn't, you know, that I couldn't recognize. I didn't have parents that knew, you know, how to apply for college or financial aid or any of those things. And, you know, I didn't have those resources available to me, though I do owe it a lot to my older sister 
who help pave the way for me to not feel so isolated and feel like I'm alone. She really actually paved the way for me to understand more things. And, um, you know, she's the one that helped me apply to colleges and she's the one that told me about the personal statement. She even wrote a really nice long letter of things to expect when I start college. And I, you know, I didn't have family members either that went to college. So I really truly had my sister to look up to. And I felt that regardless of her trying to prepare me, there were still situations that I found myself in that, you know, I, it was quite challenging or that I had no idea how to resolve. And there was a lot of moments that I felt being a first generation college student affected both positively and negatively how I went through undergrad and then moving forward to graduate school. But I owe it a lot to my sister for paving that way for me to truly understand the system and preparing me as much as she could about what to expect. Thank you so much. I think there's kind of like this reoccurring theme that I see just from doing these interviews so much and just from like my own experience and the experience of my colleagues, how first-generation students help other first-generation students. And I really just enjoy like this sense of like community that we kind of all have, even if we are related, how you said like with your sister, she helped you a lot and versus like just like friends or just colleagues that you also have in like your major they really just like come together and like help you out with like certain things such as like when you were you said earlier about your internships and how you were talking to like other people and how they were doing like a lot of internships and that clicked like something in you and you're like oh okay that means I also should probably do like some more internships too right and I just think like this this is just a beautiful like sense of community that first generation students just have in general even though we don't have like our parents didn't go to university, we still have each other to rely on for resources and for help. And I think it's just a very valuable resource to have is just each other to have as support systems. I agree. It, it Honestly, it really takes a village, I think. And as a first-generation college student, you're kind of lost. You're like, what do I do? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? Where are the resources? How do I apply for scholarships? And there's so many uncertainties about moving, you know, and going to college and doing everything, quote unquote, you know, right, like correctly, like, what is the correct thing to do? What am, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? Like, there's always so much uncertainty um, when you're an undergrad and graduate school, because you don't necessarily have a, a, you know, your parents' guidance, or maybe some people don't even have like older siblings that can help guide them through this process. So having a community of people who are willing to support each other and help each other through this process is really powerful. And I think that, um, you know, even moving through my career and I've been a mentor for community college students and helping them navigate transferring to a four-year university, because I know that that's not necessarily a resource I had. And I want to be able to offer that resource for students who are going through the exact same thing I went through several years ago. Thank you so much. So going back onto this idea of resources and support systems, were there any specific resources or support systems or even strategies that you found helpful navigating the academic and social aspects of college as a first-generation student? Um, 
trying to think back undergrad. I don't know if there's any resources that I can specifically point out that were helpful for me. Um, but other than friends that I knew that were going through the same situation and maybe they learned about something and, you know, were sharing a resource with me and I was sharing a resource with them, but I don't have, I guess, something specific about a resource that really helped me navigate through college other than just my own community and my older sister. Would you have liked to see like a specific resource that would have really helped you? And if so, what would that kind of like entail and be? Oh, I would. I would definitely like to see a resource that involves some sort of mentorship, um, whether it be a class that you take where, you know, maybe it's um, half of them are like seniors, first generation seniors in undergrad, and then maybe freshmen and sophomores. Um, Something that maybe a class, maybe a club, or maybe just even an event, a networking event where with food, because in undergrad, I went to the events with food. Um, But, you know, and something that connects people, first generation college students specifically with those incoming students that are coming in that are also first gen and, you know, giving them advice and um, being a mentor to those students that otherwise wouldn't have that sort of mentorship. I was very fortunate that I had my sister and I had a friend group that were also going through the same thing as first-generation college students. But I do also have to acknowledge that um, that opportunity is not available to everybody. Some students come in and they don't have, they're an only child or they're the oldest child and they don't have, uh, you know, the family to guide that path for them. So it would be helpful for at least the university to focus on maybe some more events for first-generation college students and and really um, advertise these events either in the classroom or, um, you know, outside of the classroom through tabling at specific locations where students often frequent, like the library or maybe even outside of the parking lot. I wish, I wish there was more programs like that in undergrad. I think it would have really helped shape my experience and maybe added a little bit more, um, I guess, um, available resources. Maybe I would have done things differently than I, I did in undergrad. Thank you so much. I love the idea of getting like the senior first generation students with like the freshman first generation students and kind of having like that nice mentorship right there. I think that's a beautiful idea. Hopefully like maybe someone And the higher ups can hear this and they think, oh, my gosh, wait, that's such like a good idea. And like they write it down. I would love to see that. But I'd like to go back to your family and community. So how did they react to your decision to pursue a communication uh, degree when you were in undergrad and then in graduate school? I know you said like earlier that your parents were very supportive, but did they really like understand what like a communication degree what a communication degree is. I think my parents were always very supportive of what I chose. Um, though they had, they didn't know what a communication degree really entailed. And to be quite honest, neither did I. I chose it by chance and it ended up being the field that I stuck with after, you know, switching majors several times. And I just always came back to communication. For me, it was just the art of speaking, but it's so much more than that. And 
I wasn't able to explain to my parents when they asked me, why did you choose communication? I think they were more wondering why I chose that, but I never felt that one second that they didn't support my decision. They um, just wanted me to choose a path that not only I would be um, happy with, but also a path that um, could be a financially rewarding path down the line professionally. And they just wanted me to ensure them that I was choosing a field that had ample opportunities after I graduated that, you know, I would be able to find a job and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I couldn't really backup reason, like have a backup reason as to why I chose communication. So at first they're like, you know, maybe you should explore different majors. And when I switched to physics, my dad was very happy. He's like, wow, that's, that's a big, a big switch. And but what are you honestly going to do with that degree? And I also couldn't really explain to him what my thoughts were, um, you know, regarding what I would work as with a physics degree, because I didn't know other than teaching what I would do. And so I always felt very supportive, um, supported by my parents. And I felt that um, no matter what happened in life, that they were going to be happy for me and support every decision that I made. And of course, if they didn't agree with it, then they would tell me. But so far, I I think they're very happy um, with the degree that I chose. And I think now that they have a better understanding, because now I have a better understanding of what you can do with a communications degree, um, that, you know, I think they, they think that it was the right choice for me. I'd like to go on to our next question. How did financial considerations impact your decision to pursue college as a first-generation student? You know, I um, I grew up in a low-income household. Um, and so for me, I knew no matter what, what situation I was in uh, financially that I, I would go to undergrad, whether that was a sacrifice of, you know, having to work or taking out more student loans that I would like, knowing very well that I would be, I would have student loan debt after I graduated. I knew regardless that um, my education would not be supported by my parents in the way that they would be able to pay for tuition and afford any of that. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, I did have to take out loans. Fortunately and unfortunately, I had to take out loans. And I knew that that the only way I can go to school was to take out thousands of dollars in loans and use that to fund my education as in, you know, with the thought process that it is an investment. You know, theoretically, you go to school and you graduate with your degree and then you go to the professional world and you're able to financially support yourself and you know, you would have opportunities to grow financially, to grow professionally. And so from the start, I knew it was an investment. So nothing was going to hold me back financially from going to school. I knew no matter what I had to do, I I had to do it. And for me, um, I had the opportunity to apply for a scholarship in high school for about $1,500. And that helped initially pay for my textbooks. And um, I applied for student loans thanks to my sister who helped me through that financial aid process as well. Um, And then being a low income, I did qualify for some grants um, that helped my education, but it was mainly just loans, to be quite honest. And I accepted that reality. I accepted that I would be in debt for many, many years after I graduated just so that I can achieve this higher education and grow myself personally and professionally and give myself the opportunities that my parents didn't have. And 
I know that for them, their end goal for me was to accomplish a higher education and to move on and not have to struggle financially like they did. And I also did have some monetary support for my dad on a monthly basis. He would give me about $300 a month, which was very helpful. It helped me buy textbooks. It helped me uh, buy food, the dorm snacks, and so much more. Regarding, I know you said earlier that you did have like an opportunity to help support mentor like some college students uh, who are first generation students. How is that like for you? I think for me, it, first of all, it was a very rewarding experience. And I truly enjoyed working with first generation college students who are in the same space that I was about 10 years ago, actually. Um, And for me, it has always been a positive experience. And I think they're very open to uh, my advice. And, you know, at the time when I was mentoring, I felt that I was a guidance for them. I gave them the resources that I I had. Um, and then I gave them the perspective that I had on their choices, on their major. And I also, also encouraged them to complete an education, to transfer to a four-year university in whatever field of their choosing. But to also have their eyes on the end goal of graduating and no matter what happened in life, that they should always keep their eye on the prize and achieve whatever dream that they had, because it is possible. I learned that through personal experience when I didn't think that I would ever go to college. I was in high school. I didn't feel supported by my teachers. And, you know, I didn't really have friends that wanted to go to college. And for me, I just felt like my journey wasn't going it wasn't headed in that direction of going to college. And, you know, when I was a mentor, it felt like I was interacting with a younger sibling. I mean, you know, being able to guide them and sort of help them walk through this path that isn't always an easy path to walk through. And sometimes there's challenges that make you feel like I shouldn't be doing this anymore and make you feel like you want to quit and just telling them and giving them the strength and the resources to continue on and saying, you know, this is a possible dream. You can achieve whatever you want to, but it also takes a lot of work. And I think they were very receptive to that. And I don't think I've ever had a situation where I felt that they weren't making the right decision. Um, So I'm very, very grateful to have had the opportunity to help someone in the same shoes that I was in a couple of years ago. Thank you so much. Uh, Regarding your advice, what advice would you give to other students or first future professionals who may be listening to this podcast who share the same experience as you? I think the main advice that I would give is know what your end goal is. Um, For me, that has always been something that I've done in my life is I know what my end goal is. And if you know what your end goal is, you know what path to take to get there. And the path isn't always an easy path. And sometimes the path changes. Sometimes you have to take a different path and then you find your way back. Or sometimes you take a different path entirely, which is what happened to me um, during COVID when I always thought I was going to be a professor. And then that, that path changed for me. And I feel like knowing your end goal, you know where to go to achieve it. And I think keeping that in mind that no matter how hard things get, you can always, always overcome any difficult situation and just, you know, empowering yourself to 
achieve that goal that you have in your mind and, you know, not letting anything get in the way. Cause I feel like there are moments in my life in undergrad, graduate school, and even in my career that I wanted to give up. I was like, I will never be in the field of communication. I didn't do things correctly in undergrad that, you know, or I felt that I didn't do things correctly in undergrad that I wasn't going to achieve my dream profession and that I wouldn't achieve the things that I wanted to achieve because it was so hard. Like no one was hiring. Um, No one would give me a chance. My background wasn't sufficient for a lot of these positions. And it almost felt like I was going through a loop of challenges. And it's so easy to give up. It really is. But you gain nothing by giving up. So keep your eye on your goals and do whatever it takes to get there. That would be my biggest advice. Thank you so much. That is very good advice. (laughs) Thank you. On to our second to last question as we're almost wrapping up. If you could give your younger self a piece of advice, what would that be? If I could give my younger self a piece of of advice, I think it would be the same. Um, I think there were moments, especially in high school, that you know, I didn't really see myself being a successful person in life. And to me, success was achieving, um, you know, a higher education and the goals set forth by my parents. These are the goals that they initially wanted for me the moment I was born and instilling the value of education. And so for me, that was, you know, what really shaped why I'm you know, why I'm here today and the things that I do. And so going back to my younger self and telling her, like, you can do it, like things are going to be okay. That uncertainty that you feel or you're going to feel, it's going to make you stronger. It's going to shape the person that you grow up to be and that whatever path that you're taking, just know that it is the right path. And no matter how complicated things get, no matter um, the difficulties that you're going to face, you can achieve the goals that you have in your mind. Thank you so much, Tiffany. As we leave our listeners, if your journey as a first-gen student and professional could be captured in one song, what anthem would you choose to represent the triumphs, challenges, and perseverance that define your remarkable journey? Oh my God, (laughs) that's a really (laughs) difficult question. (laughs) Ah, what song would define that? Huh. Can we go the cliche Eye of the Tiger? <laughs> of course. That's the only song popping up in my head right now. Uh, I, it's a very powerful song, and you know, but it also has very positive energy. And I feel like no matter what happened in my life, that you know, I would fall and I just get back up and you power through. And I guess that song really represents that. <laughs> so let's go with that song. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the First Generation Professionals podcast. We hope you found Tiffany Martinez's conversation as delightful and informative as I did. Her experience serves as a reminder that with persistence, a helpful support system, and hard work, anyone, regardless of background, can overcome challenges, achieve their goals, and inspire others. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to our podcast, leaving a review, and sharing it with your friends and colleagues. Together, we can continue to celebrate the wonderful stories of first-generation professionals who have paved the way for future generations. Remember, 
You too have the power to break barriers and shatter stereotypes in your own journey. This has been Sarah Cortez signing off and thanking you lovely, lovely listeners for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, take Tiffany's advice. Figure out and know what your end goal is.